0: I'm Whitney. I'm Danielle. And we are the founders of Sakara Life on a mission to nourish your body and transform your life. Sakara is a Sanskrit word that describes the action of turning your
1: thoughts into things and manifesting your reality.
0: We believe that who we surround ourselves with, what we watch, what we listen to, what we eat, the information that we take in, impacts the way we think and therefore who we are. The conversations that follow are with bold thinkers who have had an impact on how we view the
1: world, ourselves, and what it means to live the Saqqara life. The intention of these conversations is to push each of us to greater heights so that we can turn
0: our thoughts into things and all shine our light a little brighter. We are so excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome to the Sakara Life. On today's podcast, we have the
1: pleasure of sitting down with my and Danielle's longtime personal dentist, Dr. Jerry Kuratola. A practicing clinician for several decades, Dr. Jerry is anything but traditional when it comes to oral health and his holistic approach to dentistry. Based on academic research and practice, he champions the idea that our mouth microbiome is both a portal and a mirror to our overall well-being and that it holds many more insights to our health than the modern Western dentistry standards address. He's the author of a new book called The Mouth-Body Connection, which details how to create a healthy mouth, reduce inflammation, and prevent disease throughout the entire body. He's also the co-inventor of the world's first prebiotic naturopathic toothpaste called Revitin. And during our chat, we get into just about everything in the mouth, from metal fillings to jaw cavitations, root canals, and how he's not just on a mission to change what people brush their teeth with, but the way that dentists practice in general. Trust me, this is an episode you're not going to want to miss. Please welcome Dr. Jerry Kratola, Well, Dr. Jerry, we are so excited to have you on the Sakara Life podcast. We've known you for quite a number of years. You're actually our personal dentist. And so you've been, you know, us intimately, been inside of our mouths. <laughs> Great to have you on the podcast today and to be talking about teeth.
2: Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. And you're both wonderful patients. <laughs> I've really <laughs> enjoyed having you as patients, and I've admired all the good work that you've done in health and wellness as well.
0: Uh, thank thank you. you. Well, one of the first questions that we like to ask is, what is your mission here on earth? What are you here to give and do?
2: Yeah, that's a great question because I recently I was just talking to a patient. When I was six years old, I actually went to sleep and said a prayer. God, what should I be when I grow up? And I grew up, you know, Italian American, Catholic home. And my mother would always say, say your prayers, say your prayers. And I said, what should I be when I grow up? And I honestly felt I heard a voice say, you know, I want you to work for me. And I went downstairs the next morning. My mother's making breakfast. And I said, I think I'm going to be a priest, you know. Uh, And my mother said, oh, well, you know, it's a very different life, you know. Priests don't get married and have children. And why do you want to be a priest? I said, well, God told me he wants me to work for him. And uh, my mother very smartly said, I think because she wanted grandchildren, everything you do, you should do like you're doing for God. And so I said, oh, okay. So I went to sleep the next night. And I saw this giant Rolodex in my mind. We had just moved into a new home. It's really, you know, very powerful early childhood memory. And I said, God, yeah, I want to work for you, but I want to, you know, I want to get married and have children like my mommy and daddy. And so, like, everything, like the Rolodex of jobs as a child, you know, astronaut, policeman, farm, <laughs> doctor, and it landed on dentist. And and I, full disclosure, I hated, I was the one of the three children that got the most cavities as a kid. I, I was a sweet tooth. I would hide the Halloween candy under the bed. And I was like, <laughs> dentist? No. Okay. Okay. I'll do it. And, and the funny thing is, I have it in my book, but I made a business card to be a dentist at six years old. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. So that really is funny. so cute. And That's in your book?
2: I took my father's business card, and I cut all the letters. And he was in a trucking company and it said, all goods insured. And I took the word good, and I wrote dentist. And I gave it to my dentist back then. It was really funny. But, you know, it is. it was a calling. It really was. And I my, my dream is to change the way dentistry is practiced because a lot of dentists, don't practice consciously, and they don't understand the effects of toxicity and inflammation in the mouth. And the other thing I'm really passionate about, just like you are with food, is the importance of changing what people brush their teeth with. And so, you know, I have the plant-based, you know, toothpaste that is prebiotic, and it has all these vitamins and everything, because You know, toothpaste was invented by soap makers 150 years ago. It was flavored detergent for your mouth. And there's so much craziness in oral care, charcoal and coconut oil pulling, you know, and all that, which we can talk about later, but, you know, it has benefits, but most toothpaste is junk. So those are my two dreams, change the way dentists practice and change what people brush their teeth with.
0: Wow. And you've done it. You're doing
1: it. Doing it. <laughs> you are doing it. I I know as a patient, I really notice a difference in the way that you practice. Yeah. I mean, I chipped a tooth. I think this was probably during one of the most stressful times in my career, and we were super busy and running around, and I and I like clench and I grind and I chipped a tooth, and I came in to see you, and you're like, oh wow, that's you know pretty deep, but I'm gonna fill it for you. And I was so nervous and we put on some Krishnadas music and you ohmed while you <laughs> filled my tooth. And, but you know, you just like brought down the anxiety level and, you know, I'm sure you don't do that for all of your patients. Yeah, <laughs> you. no, that's, that's like, that's That's what I needed, Yeah, you know,
2: what's really important, and, and you're going to love, you know, I have a new office that I've been working on for two years, and it's just about to be finished. And everything in the office surrounds health and wellness and the experience. So even the lighting changes in the room according to what the patient is presenting for. So new patients Powder blue, like when you walk on an airplane, you know, that's powder blue now. Well, powder blue actually subliminally creates a feeling of trust with the patient, so, or with the passenger on the plane, but in my office with the patient. When you're having a procedure, the light will glow amber, and amber creates a nurturing feeling an environment. And when you're, let's say you've had a dental implant or something, the light in the room will be like a coral, because coral actually stimulates mitotic activity for healing, the red light therapy. So it's really important, but music for me has always been a passion. So music creates such an experience. So I always ask the patient what their music likes are, and I always tell them, well, mine is Sinatra, because <laughs> so, I always love to croon.
1: But I think it's interesting, yeah, that you're, you're taking the whole human into account exactly. here. You know? yeah. And I think dentistry, like from the patient perspective, there's so much anxiety, so much fear around the dentist. It's not a great experience, and so you're you're starting from that place of the mental take all of that down. Right. but then I think I was most interested around the health aspect, looking at how the mouth is not just about the mouth, it's about the whole human
2: absolutely right absolutely.
1: And so maybe we can
2: start That's there. A great topic. Because too many dentists, when I talk about practicing consciously, you know, they come out of dental school and they're trained to be mechanics of teeth. And some of them are like, oh, well, I'll do safe mercury removal and I'll do this and I'll do that. But they really don't get the fact. And when I went down the rabbit hole from, I came out of dental school, by the way, both of you should know this. This is my 40th anniversary of being a dental clinician. <laughs> Wow. I said I like to say I came out at like 12 <laughs> you know, but but I wasn't, you know, I'm actually 65, but I I still feel like I have so much more to do. So when I came out of dental school I felt like I was a trained to be a mechanic of teeth and not a physician of the mouth as connected to the body. And that's why, you know, I wrote the book, The Mouth Body Connection because even dentists, you know, lose Side of the fact that that mouth is connected to the rest of you, and it's a gateway for disease in the body, but it's also a mirror for disease in the body. I diagnosed a patient with lymphoma from a swollen lymph node in the mouth. And so, there's a lot of things that dentists need to understand that we're very intimately connected to everything that's going on in the body based on what's beginning in the mouth. So I did a master's in holistic health. It was a program by Dr. Alan Pressman. He was a chiropractor by background in New York City on 23rd Street. He started this program with Gary Null and all these people that I'm sure you know that were like pioneers, wacky, some of them wacky pioneers. <laughs> like Gary was a kind of quite a character, but brilliant, brilliant, you know, PhD nutrition, you know, brilliant what he was talking about. And then... From there, Harvard Medical School did a program in the 1990s for a short period of time in complementary and alternative medicine. And I went to that program and it was what was interesting is I was there and everybody's like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a dentist. And they were like, what are you doing here? You're a dentist. What are you doing here? And it was just kind of really strange to me that everybody was a medical doctor, a nurse, a nutritionist, a chiropractor, but Dennis seemed to be like on the outside of that. And then from there, I started going to medicine week in Baden-Baden, Germany. And I got to meet Dr. Thomas Rao of this Paracelsus clinic. And he was the first medical doctor that if you had cancer, if you had autoimmune disease, if you had other you know systemic conditions the first place he would look is your mouth he was the first dentist and say get those metal fillings out get those root canals out you have you know check to see if you have jaw cavitations and i never even heard we would never talk about cavitations in the mouth and we were, it, they were very difficult to diagnose honestly because the regular dental x-rays are flat they're two-dimensional and to see a cavitation you really need to be able to see 3d so now we have these cone beam machines that are amazing because we can see your everything in 3D. And well, you know, we could talk about that in a little bit. But to bring this full circle, in September, I was asked to be a keynote speaker to the European Congress of Functional Medicine. And Dr. Rao was in the audience, the first man. And I called him out. I said, there's one medical doctor who changed my life as a dentist. And it was Dr. Thomas Rao who understood the connection of everything going on in your mouth with everything else going on in the rest of your body.
0: Yeah, it's so indicative. And so is that how you kind of came to biological dentistry or can you define like, I feel like you probably deserve your own title at this point, but like, (laughs) I think people get confused. I mean, the world of allopathic and integrative and function, like it's, there's a lot of titles So, like, what is biological dentistry, and is that what you are, or how do you define what you do?
2: Um, I'm I'm so glad you asked that, because it's confusing to patients. You know, they say, you know, holistic, functional, integrative, you know, biologic, you know, and all that. And they're like, well, what is this? Biologic medicine really originated in Switzerland and Germany. Thomas Rao, actually, who I just mentioned, wrote the textbook. He's probably the father... modern biologic dentistry he wrote that book in the early 90s and it really talks about the importance of looking at the total person which is the first premise is that each of us has a divine life force a vital force within that gives us the capacity to self-regulate and heal and disease and dysregulation occurs on five levels There's a biologic level, you know, bacteria, infections, biochemical pathways, often hormonal pathways. We see a tremendous amount of thyroid disorders and things like that happen. And a lot of them happen because of disease and toxicity in the mouth, especially heavy metals and cavitations disrupting the thyroid.
1: Those things start because of issues in the mouth, you're saying?
2: Correct. Wow. The mouth is the body's number one source of chronic inflammation and toxicity. And most medical doctors don't even look in the mouth.
1: Yeah, wait, why, why is that?
2: Well, it's a portal. You know, it's a portal. It's a portal to put things in. It's a portal to things in the body, right? Even food.
1: Begins, right, it, it goes connects in to the outside world. Yeah, unless you have a feeding
2: right. tube, you're getting nutrition through your mouth. Your mouth makes nitric oxide. The oral microbiome produces nitric oxide which is for cardiovascular function, regulation of blood sugar, immune system health. I mean, so many other things related to the balance of this microbiome. And I, The rabbit hole I went down from 1996 to now was looking at the fact that the microbiome in the mouth, the Human Microbiome Project, launched in 1998. And in 2002, I was already looking at the fact that most oral care products, disturb denature dehydrate we have alcohol mouthwashes we had toothpaste with pesticide like triclosan and colgate total and chlorhexidine and all these other products and that was a leading toothpaste in america colgate total when they had triclosan and now i think crest has come back and we just did a double blind clinical research study with reviton which i could talk about in a little bit but and talking about how we really promote rebalancing this essential ecology that keeps you alive, that produces nitric oxide, helps in the production of nitric oxide. It's a key factor, in fact, in the production of nitric oxide. The microbiome actually transports minerals from saliva for your teeth to remineralize. It transports molecular oxygen when you breathe in to the surface of your gums to stay healthy. And it takes ionic oxygen and free radicals away. The bacteria do that. When I was in dental school, we were taught the bacteria cause cavities, the bacteria cause.
1: Right. You want to kill bacteria. Kill,
2: kill. It was like the pesticide.
0: <laughs> Germ theory. Yeah,
2: I, I was on yeah. Martha Stewart's TV show back in 2008. And it's the first time she ever had a dentist on her show. They put a dental chair on the set. She loved it because her father died of oral cancer her brother was a dentist wow. and or is a dentist and she said, I know you're doing research in oral care. This is back in 2008. She said, you know, what have you discovered? And I said, Martha, you know, toothpaste was invented by soap makers a hundred years ago. I said, my mother said, if I said a dirty word when I was a little boy, she'd stick soap in my mouth. I said, but I was already brushing with it, you know, and everybody laughed.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so that was the germ theory, you know, kill everything. I said, but you know, what we've realized now is that these bacteria are as much a part of us as, as our human cells. Matter of fact, we know now that our human cells are outnumbered by these bacteria. The genetic information in the bacteria is even greater. So it's really understanding that, you know, it's time for doctors to get out of the pesticide business. And what I'm promoting is organic gardening for your mouth. And she like lit up with that, loved it and became a Revitant fan back then.
0: And it's amazing how many people like I have friends who, you know, really believe in health and wellness and do all the things that, you know, they think are right to take care of themselves. And then I go to their house and in their bathroom, they still have Colgate Total. And it's just amazing to me that these highly educated, smart people who care are still so kind of so misunderstand like how to take care of their teeth in their mouth. Right. Colgate total and a bottle of Listerine. They have the perfect diet.
2: They have the perfect diet. Their gut is clean. Yeah, they order
0: sakara. They they order
2: sakara. Exactly. They're using sakara, And then they have Crest in the bathroom. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of the joke about the woman who orders the big piece of cheesecake and then gets a Diet Coke.
0: (laughs) And at at least around food, I'm like, okay, at least you're going to enjoy that. But you know, like you know, in a moment, maybe not long term, the effects. But like, when it comes to oral health, it's like there's nothing fun about putting Listerine in your mouth. <laughs> like, that's not, and like you know, your toothpaste is so tasty. It's like you know, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like when my kids are my age, the way that they're gonna like look back at the way you know most dentistry was done, they're gonna be like that was like barbaric and so like misinformed.
2: It's still yes. minimal. like
0: it's, I can't
1: believe you got a wooden tooth. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like that. that's how they're going to be looking at us, like, like we, yeah. that we had wooden teeth, just by, you know, getting these types of fillings that people are getting. Yeah, yeah. That,
2: no, I mean, the, the materials that dentists use, I do this course to dentists, teaching them the top 10 sources of toxicity and inflammation in the mouth. And I talk about why root canals don't work you know, I talk about what junk habitations are. I talk about how those, you know, silver fillings that you tell patients they're silver fillings, you're actually creating a fraudulent misrepresentation because they're not silver fillings. They are mercury fillings because they're 52% mercury and only 26% silver. So if you're going to tell Susie, you're going to do a little silver filling in the back, what you really should say is, oh, we're going to give Susie a little mercury filling. Dennis... of dentists are still using Amalgam. It is insane. It is insane. It's been around since the Civil Why? War.
1: Tell us about
2: that. Well, it's yeah, cheap. tell us about it's that. It's easy to use. And basically, a monkey could put a silver – you could put a silver no, – not, not a <laughs> – layperson could put a silver filling. In. I was trying to compare you to a monkey. You'd be the most beautiful monkey on the planet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but amalgam, you just kind of pour it in. It's easy. And so tell us about the other kinds.
2: I mean, it was introduced right after the Civil War. It actually came from Europe. And there was actually a very big debate in organized dentistry in the late 1800s about dentists who were pro-amalgam and dentists who were against amalgam. By the way, prior to amalgam, in the 1700s, they used lead. They would do molten lead and put lead in teeth. Can you imagine? Yeah, the history is really, really scary in terms of what was done. Fortunately, there was less dental caries, I believe, and you know one of the most <laughs> famous dentists that ever walked the planet, and you probably have heard of him, but most dentists haven't. His name is Weston Price. and Weston Price did epidemiological studies on diets and civilizations that had more refined foods versus raw foods and this is, you know, I'm preaching to the choir with both of you, but most dentists didn't understand that not only did processed foods, more sugars, not only did they wreck your teeth and wreck your jaw, but it changed your genetic expression, changed the genetic expression in succeeding generations. Western Price was the first to talk about epigenetics, and he talked about diet and what diets were good and healthy fats and these kinds of things. So, One of the interesting aspects of nutrition is how it damages your genes. And so what a lot of dentists don't understand is that the materials that they're using, that toxicity affects genetic expression as well. I was talking about the five levels of healing. I wanted to finish that. You had biochemical pathways, bioenergetic pathways, and that's meridian flow. And a lot of people, you know, don't understand. I tell patients, your teeth are like the circuit breakers for your immune system, you know, and they're like for your energetic immune system, right? We don't just have a biologic immune system. We believe that there is a field that exists that's affected. For example, I had a patient from Houston, Texas referred to me who was diagnosed. Her functional medicine doctor had heard me speak, and it was actually a friend of hers. And she was diagnosed with a tumor in her left lung, and it was a tumor that took up two thirds of her left lung. And they wanted to operate, and take out all or, part or most of her left lung. And she called me and she said, "What? You know, I, I heard you talking about meridians and connections." And and I said, "Find out if she had any root canals." because root canals actually create a hyperactive immune system, and it's a source of chronic inflammation and toxicity. So turns out she had one root canal on a lower left first molar. Well, I said that's smack on the meridian for the lung. I told her to go to dentist, see if she has an infection around that root canal a cavitation, but she needs a 3D scan, because a 2D x-ray will not often show what may be happening in a 3d like between the roots behind the tooth you can't see things that are superimposed in a two-dimensional image so she went to two dentists who did regular x-rays and said oh the root canal looks perfect and then she went to a guy who did a cone beam and didn't know how to read it like cone beam i think is one of the best diagnostic tools in dentistry right now everyone who's listening to this podcast who hasn't had a cone beam should get one and i read them virtually they can make a virtual appointment you know call our office we'll set up a virtual appointment and i can read it no matter where you are on the planet anyway then she comes up i look at the combi and there's a giant infection a giant what we call a cavitation which is a black hole in the jaw that's usually filled with pathogens and i always biopsy them so i find out what pathogens are in there and i see parasites anaerobic bacteria you know everything Amazing how many parasites we see, but we see Lyme spirochetes, all kinds of things. Wow. She comes up, we take the tooth out, we treat the surrounding bone with ozone and with platelet-rich fibrin. we do a little graft. Five weeks later, only five weeks later, she goes back to the hospital the medical center that was going to do the lung surgery, and they do a you know, pre-surgical workup. The tumor had shrunk to 25% of the size.
0: Wow, that's incredible.
2: And then they took out a piece of the lung, not the whole lung. And it turned out that the tumor was benign. Did I heal her? Did her tooth do this? No, because our body wants to heal. We have this God-given divine capacity to self-regulate and heal when we eliminate sources of inflammation and toxicity. And that starts with diet. And it's in my book, you know, and that's why I love you guys, because I love what you're doing. I love what Sakara is all about. And I love that the fact that you're helping a lot of people make better choices by making it really easy for them. And it's the best investment that they can do, starting with what you're sticking in your mouth.
0: And just while we're on root canals, could can we just explain? Cause I think this is a really big thing for people because every single dentist you go to, if you have a cavity that has gone beyond a filling, they will give you a root canal every single dentist. And when I went to you, I had two root canals and immediately you removed them both. And so like, even now, you know, all my friends have gotten root canals and I try and talk to them about it and they're like, but my dentist says this is the best next step. And right. it's hard to explain
2: why and they it's want not to
0: right. save the tooth. Right. Quote, save the tooth. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, it sounded great. When I came out of dental school, I thought root canal is the best thing in the world. And it was really modern root canal only became in vogue right after world war II, And a lot of the work was done up at Boston university and all that. And I was a big fan because I was like, Oh yeah, we save the tooth. What do you mean take the tooth out? You know, and the reality, Danielle, when the reason we took your two root canals out is we had a 3D scan that showed that there was toxicity and infection that wasn't being seen on a regular x-ray. So that's the first thing. I'm not going to tell everybody to have every root canal ripped out of their head if, if you have an autoimmune problem, I will. If you have other issues, skin, skin rashes and diseases that correspond with the meridian from that tooth, I'm going to tell you that you're at risk of a lot of other issues from an infected root canal
0: but you never prescribe root canals right so you might not tell everyone to take them out but it's not also not part of your practice
2: so let's talk about what root canal is the concept was oh you know we could take out all the guts of the tooth which is in the pulp there's a vascular system there's a lymphatic system There's a nervous system, all in this pulp of the tooth. And we thought, oh, it's just a tooth. Actually, your teeth are almost like living, breathing organs of themselves. They're like micro organs. You know, we're the macro, but in we have all these micro systems going. And our teeth that have recanals, it's the only procedure we do in medicine where we keep something dead inside you. We do not do root canals on femurs, on your appendix, on your gallbladder, but we thought like teeth, right? Uh, yeah, it's just a tooth. No, it's a living, breathing organ. And by the way, your tooth has thousands, thousands of these tubules called dentinal tubules. And those tubules are wide enough to harbor three bacteria across, all the way through the root, to the side of the root, from the pulp to the side, and... There is fluid flow in these tubules. There's all kinds of dynamic systems that go on inside a tooth. And I I will say, you know, I I have friends who are endodontists who are great guys, and they are real artists at how they fill their root canals and all that. But quite simply, a tooth will break down and necrose the way a body will the way the macro will the micro does and so we see you know basically the tooth turns black as it's necrosing you know and they're like oh yeah it does that you know there's some blood stuck in the blah, blah, blah. no it's a necrosing dead i took out and uh they re-canal tooth on a patient that it was necrosing so bad that the tooth had disintegrated in their jaw and so what's the significance of this? What do we know? What really changed my mind about endodontic therapy without, you know, all of the controversy that the American Association of the Endodontists, said no root canal is safe and effective, it's been used, and da 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 And the people who are conscious say, well, there's no way to really sterilize a tooth. Whether you use a laser or bleach or ultrasonic bleach, you really can sterilize an infected tooth. And 100% of teeth that have had endodontic therapy produce endotoxins. Endotoxins are bacteria and bacterial byproducts that are inflammatory to the human body. What else did we observe? 100% of endodontically treated teeth can trigger a what we call an overactive immune system. You know, it, it triggers a hyperactive immune system. Root canal teeth block meridian flow, which is this vital flow of energy in the body. We're energy beings. We're a bunch of spinning electrons. So it's been demonstrated that our energy flow is interrupted by root canals, by metal fillings, by even metal implants, by the way, and by cavitations and other sources of toxicity and inflammation so endodontic therapy is not what it's all cracked up to be and there are lots of people that have had illness created and have recovered from illness just around a root canal tooth you know it was a movie that got a it was very controversial it was on netflix called root cause by the way 25 million root canals are done in the united states every year and it oh cost about to $3,000. Dental insurance does cover it, but it takes up a lot of your insurance if you get a root canal, as most dental insurance is pitiful and doesn't cover much. But anyway, the American Association of Anadonish filed a class action lawsuit against the producer of that movie. It was a dramatization how one young guy's health tanked after he had a root canal.
0: Yeah. And it's like, even if it's not the root cause, it's part of the imbalance that like perpetuates, you know, Yes. so many other issues. What do you suggest instead of root canals? Because I think people are really scared to have their teeth pulled. I know yeah. that was like a really scary thing for me is like, okay, so you're not going to save the tooth? Like, I know. You're taking and the and
2: I, I want to tell you that sometimes when a tooth is broken traumatically, where the pulp is exposed and it's not sitting on an abscess or anything like that, Root canal can be a good intermediate step because short term you don't get the toxicity what you see in patients long term and the other thing is if you have root canals you don't want to just rip them out you want to get a 3D cone beam evaluate whether they're failing or whether they're breaking down it was funny because the implant specialists were all talking about how dental implants are more even the metal implants are more predictable long-term as stable in the mouth than root canal. And so they were saying, oh, I don't get a root canal, get an implant. You know, have the tooth removed and put an implant right away. In actuality, there are clinical judgments that need to be made based on the condition of the patient at that time. And there's not one rule. But we were talking about long-term with root canals that are in people's heads that are having all kinds of autoimmune issues. Yeah, those root canals should come out. But they need to be evaluated with a three D cone beam,
1: and then do you just not have a tooth, and you have a gap, or what? Like, what are the solutions beyond that? There
2: are a multitude of restorative options. My rule of thumb is. I never leave a patient toothless. You know, <laughs> I really don't, I don't like it. Sometimes in the back of the mouth, it's acceptable. If the patient doesn't want to bother with a temporary bridge or removable appliance that can fill the tooth in, we call that a flipper. Those kinds of things, we can actually do beautiful provisional, what we call provisional restorations. However, the long-term, I find one of the best long-term restorative options is a zirconia implant, a ceramic implant. We're seeing a lot more of those. And I want to tell you, re is evolving too because most of them are waking up to the fact that embalming the tooth you know, doesn't really create a very healthy, long-term, stable option for the patient. Eventually, we see that they don't stay the same. They do fail. So zirconia implants, porcelain bridges, sometimes there could be a temporary removable appliance that can be placed in the mouth if you have cancer, if you have autoimmune disease, if you're struggling with your health, the inflammation created and the endotoxins produced by a root canal may not and will definitely be a consideration where you should avoid that procedure, I think, at all cost.
0: What are some of the other common dental go-tos that you think listeners should kind of be aware of and that they have choices. Cause I think part of the most frustrating part I felt for so long was like, it doesn't feel like you have choices. It's like, you're usually you're in pain if you're getting some kind of big procedure done, like that's why you're there. And so you don't necessarily have the time to like go shop around and get multiple opinions. So
2: it's one of the, one of the reasons why I give this course and I've done it literally all over the world, I've given this course to dentists, and it's on the top 10 sources of toxicity and inflammation, understanding restorative choices for the patient, because there are too many dentists who go to the go-tos that they learned in dental school, and are not really even conscious of knowing, like, for example, tooth-colored filling materials. So, you know, dentists take out an amalgam, and many of them take out dental amalgam unsafely. So meaning that they just stick a drill in the, in the silver-colored filling, and they drill out the old filling, and that creates an invisible cloud of mercury vapor that exposes the dentist, the dental staff, the dental assistant, even the whole dental office, and the patient in the chair to unhealthy and unsafe levels of mercury vapor. If OSHA came in a dental office And measured the level of mercury vapor coming off a dental amalgam being removed in a treatment room. They would shut the whole office down. I demonstrated that on the Dr. Oz show. If you look online, there's two segments on Dr. Oz, which infuriated the American Dental Association back then. But it was a while ago, and it was called Toxic Fillings. And we measured mercury vapor coming off a dental amalgam just from brushing just from brushing.
1: Wow. It was low-level mercury wow. vapor.
2: And, you know, you can't see it. You can see it with a miner's light. There's a video on YouTube called the Smoking Tooth, and it's an extracted tooth with an amalgam under a miner's light, and you could see this smoke coming off, and it's mercury vapor coming off the tooth. Now, most of us have the ability to chelate heavy metals. And what that means is that we can eliminate. There is a percentage of people, I think it's 16%, that have a genetic variation of a gene, the ApoE4 gene, These are patients that can't chelate. They can't chelate heavy metals out of the body. Another one, the MTHFR gene. These are people that, whereas we could take a hit with inflammation and everything, they have a pro-inflammatory system. So they are more prone to being affected by something that causes inflammation. And so those people suffer a lot. But there is a bio-burden from dental mercury that builds up. So if you have more than four amalgam fillings, yes, you should definitely get them removed. I think that patients should always be cognizant of that mercury fillings, the greatest amount of mercury is when you first put them in and when you take them out. Well, actually, when you take them out is the most. Mm. When I was on the Dr. Oz show talking about dental amalgam. I was like, Actually, horrified because he opens his mouth and said, I have them in my mouth. <laughs> and I was like, wow. You're supposed to be America's wellness doc. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay." but the most important thing is that people get them removed safely. So a friend of mine created a protocol called the smart protocol for the IAOMT. And it's about, you know, using a rubber dam, using an oxygen supply on the patient, having special large evacuation in the room, giving the patients activated charcoal, which binds to toxins and you can eliminate them. You shouldn't brush your teeth with charcoal. It scratches enamel. But Activated charcoal is really effective during mercury removal. We use it, and and we also use selenium, which binds to heavy metals in the urinary tract you eliminate through the urinary tract. So these are the things that are really important for people to know. Mm. If you have a failing amalgam, get it removed safely.
1: And what about composite versus ceramic? And is there anything that we should know in tooth-colored
2: fillings? Yeah, that's a great question. I started talking about tooth-colored fillings because, you know, a lot of patients were getting their amalgams removed unsafely. And I did a whole segment for Dr. Oz on the safe removal of dental malcolm. And then I used a Cerex system, which is a ceramic reconstruction system that uses a 3D printer that, you know, you scan the tooth with a camera and then it manufactures the ceramic filling while the patient's in the chair. And then we bond that in. They cut that whole part out. So instead they put the part on how amalgam can be harmful. They demonstrated mercury vapor coming off a tooth from brushing. And it scared everybody to get their amalgams out. And They went to their dentist and got them removed unsafely because a lot of dentists, you know, you got like 0.1% of dentists that are conscious of the fact that this is a toxic material. The FDA just banned dental amalgam for children and pregnant women. I'm like, what about everybody? What about everybody else? You know, let's get real here. You know, it's an archaic material. By the way, the American Dental Association was formed by pro-amalgam, pro-mercury dentists in the late 1800s, right after the Civil War. And the American Dental Association had the patent on the original dental amalgam. So they have been saying it's safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. There's never been safety studies on dental amalgam. There's been very few studies until recently showing its link to Alzheimer's disease and the symptoms of mercury toxicity are identical to Alzheimer's disease. And mercury is the most neurotoxic element on earth and it passes the blood brain barrier and can wreak havoc in the body. From degenerative effects on the brain, digestive, you know, issues, and all this other stuff. The other material, tooth-colored fillings, right? People were running, getting their amalgams out, getting tooth-colored fillings called composite resin. So the types of tooth-colored fillings we talked about, ceramic, which is the best, probably the most resistant to wear and all that stuff. But then you have this chemical called bis GMA resin, which is dental composite. Tooth-colored fillings, and bis-GMA resin is a nasty chemical. A lot of dentists don't understand that bis-GMA resin is bisphenols, bisphenol A. It's made of BPA. People are like, oh, I got a plastic water bottle in my car. I'm going to throw it out. You know, uh, the water was in the car, and that your mouth is 98.6 degrees, and you have BPA fillings.
1: Wow, I don't think anybody talks about this. No, Nobody talks this about it. This is, this is our Instagram clip right here. Holy moly.
0: I, <laughs> I know. What about even simple things like dental cleaning? So I go to you like usually three times a year for a cleaning. I know you guys want me there, everyone there, four times a year. But ever since I've been seeing you, my teeth are just so happy. <laughs> and like like I haven't had any issues since I started seeing you guys. And you use all natural products. So like you put iodine drops in my mouth. If I'm going to have an x-ray. We take an x-ray. We
2: want to protect your thyroid.
0: Yeah. So things like that. And what about like, I know you do like aromatherapy. What about the polish? What about the floss? Like what are all the places where, yeah, yeah, like fluoride washes? Like what should people look out for?
2: Fluoride was the biggest hoax.
1: (laughs) If I'm coming in to a dentist, what do I need to watch out
2: for? So, the, the first thing, you know, and I can't wait to have you both to the office, the new office on Fifth Avenue. The most unhealthy healthcare office on the planet are most dental offices. The most unhealthy healthcare office between heavy metals wow. and volatile liquids, acrylics, and then you have bad air filtration, bad lighting, you know, fluorescent lighting in a lot of offices. What is acrylic used for? So the acrylic is used for making temporaries temporary crowns and all these different kinds of things. A lot of them have their methacrylates and they have a really strong pungent smell. It's a known toxin. There are ingredients. So by the way, just so everyone knows, now we are introducing, and I kind of blew up this German company called VOCO, because this they developed a brilliant material that is BPA-free. They call it ormer almost like a porcelain resin that's BPA-free. So Mm. FOCO is a good one. The material is called a mirror fusion. And it really is a strong, beautiful finish, beautiful-looking tooth-colored material that's BPA-free. So that's evolving. Amazing. Right? But a lot of people who have fillings more than five years – you could bet that they have BPA.
1: Yeah.
2: And BPA is a major endocrine disruptor.
1: Can you get fillings changed? Is that something you even want to touch? Yeah, no, we do.
2: We do it a lot because, you know, a lot of the old BIS-GMA fillings, you know, they wear very quickly and put the tooth at risk because they hollow out, you know, the tooth gets hollowed out by an old tooth-colored filling. So I always recommend, you know, ceramic is the best patients in the past you know there was a lot of gold used and gold is a thermoconductor it conducts hot and cold but you know it is the most noble of metals it is pretty inert and so you know whereas gold becomes cost prohibitive it doesn't look good you know, have unless you're a wrapper, <laughs> you can have uh, gold fillings everywhere but really ceramic is one of the most beautiful restorative materials dental ceramics
1: and then let's talk about fluoride. Okay, so usually people come in for a cleaning and that polish that they get put on. I'm down in Miami now. I didn't have a chance to come see you when I was in New York, so I went to somebody here for a cleaning. And I said, oh, is your polish fluoride-free? And I said, no. Like, why would you want that? <laughs> And like literally asked me, like, why would you want that? Don't you want the fluoride? And they did not have a fluoride-free option.
2: It's so funny. And, you know, I did this thing on the five myths about fluoride, and it got a lot of views. But the first one I said is fluoride is not a nutrient. Your body doesn't need fluoride. fluorides You're never low
0: in fluoride. You know
2: the dentists and dental hygienists are brainwashed in school. Like you got to have fluoride. You got to have fluoride. Everybody needs fluoride. What do you mean? You know, fluoride, fluoride, fluoride. Fluoride is a toxic halide chemical.
1: And for kids, yes. they want to do like a fluoride wash, a flush, a soak, uh, whatever that is, on the kids' teeth.
2: All right. So I'll tell you how fluoride started. You know, as a public health experiment. I call it, by the way the worst public health experiment of the last 75 years. And when I came out of dental school, which is now 40 years, I came out of dental school and i said fluoride is bad they would have burned me at the stake you know in front of the dental school and it's funny because i had a job in dental school for the oral b company they took two dental students every year out of the class they gave them you know a company car an expense account and they had you go office to office selling oral b toothbrushes and fluoride they just bought these fluoride products and I hated the fluoride products because, you know, the dentist would tell me, oh, yeah, kids throw up. You know, when you give them these fluoride trims, if they swallow it, they swallow it, it's toxic. So there is enough fluoride in a regular size tube of toothpaste that's fatal to two children under five. So when Procter & Gamble launched a product called Crest Sparkle, it was fluorescent blue. You probably remember it. Fluorescent blue, had it was bubblegum flavored. That was the big thing. But it had sparkles in it and kids were eating the toothpaste. Fluoride fatalities went up 280%. Wow. And parents were walking into bathrooms seeing their children dead. Can you imagine your child dead on the floor because he ate a tube of toothpaste? And it took them 10 years, 10 years to put the FDA now mandates if a tube of toothpaste has fluoride, It has to have a poison warning on it. The poison warning says, warning, keep out of reach of children, you know, but they're brushing with it. And if more than a pea-sized amount is swallowed, call poison control right away. So I had parents coming in saying, you know, why is this on the back of the tube? if They're putting it in their mouth. And I said, because sodium fluoride is toxic and you can die if you swallow too much of it too fast.
1: But people think that you need it in order to prevent cavities. Correct. Right? That it's like the number one way to prevent cavities. But it's not.
2: Let me give you the science of what happens when you introduce fluorine. Fluoride's a made-up word, by the way. It's fluorine on the periodic table. Fluorine is the most highly negatively charged non-radioactive element on the periodic table. So what happens when you introduce fluorine into the body, it converts hydroxyapatite which is what your teeth and bones are naturally made of into another mineral called fluorapatite it blows out not to get into a science class here but it blows out the oh minus and it puts f minus with the ap plus and you have fluorapatite instead of hydroxyapatite what are the physical properties of fluorapatite it's about a third weaker than hydroxyapatite doesn't have any flexibility it's very hard but very brittle, like this glass bottle. So very hard, I can't scratch it, but very brittle. So in the 1980s, when the orthopedist wanted to see, hey, we've had you know 25, 30 years of fluoridation, we should see a decrease in hip fracture rates because, right, teeth and bones are stronger. Your teeth and bones are made of the same thing. As a matter of fact, they saw an exponential increase in hip fracture rates. So they were like, what? Because they're what? actually spongy, right? Right, because your teeth and bones so when my mother fell on the front steps of our home and they were carpeted she didn't get a bruised hip she got a broken hip and so we started seeing hip fracture rates you know osteoporosis knee replacement shoulder replacement all this from skeletal fluorosis and you know there are ways you can get fluoride out of your body fulvic acid but let's talk about decay Okay, because everything is like, you need four, the kids are gonna get decay. You know what the number one reason for decay is? Bad diet. Yeah. High sugar. Feeding on demand. Nursing bottle syndrome. Okay? Nutrition, nutrition, nutrition. It's all about the food. Yep. Can you say sakara? <laughs> okay, it's all about <laughs> the food. And yeah. that's the number one reason for decay you know, we decided to dump the fluoride into the water supply. We have fluoridated communities in America that have higher rates of decay than non-fluoridated. New Hampshire, I believe, never fluoridated. And per capita, person for person, they have lower rates of decay than many other parts of the country. It's really about diet, nutrition. In my book, the mouth body connection i talk about you know nutrition as alkalizing anti-inflammatory antioxidant rich which is what i love about a lot of your meals is that they are anti-inflammatory they are antioxidant rich because they have more enzymes more vitamins more this more that because they're healthy and they're fresh and organic right we're not looking at glyphosate and all these other all this other garbage so fluoride I call it the fluoride hoax because water fluoridation did nothing to reduce the K rates in the United States. Wow. Nothing at all. And fluoride in toothpaste, fluoride in water and food cooked with fluoridated water in restaurants, fluoride, fluoride, fluoride. We can't control how much fluoride people are getting. So people are getting too much fluoride and it's now causing the opposite effect of Fluorosis skeletal fluorosis and dental fluorosis. There's a guy who has a website called White Spots on My Teeth. The reality is that dental fluorosis is epidemic. Over 60% of adolescent children have some level of fluorosis damage. What does that mean? It means a hypocalcification. You got a white spot? There you go. You got fluoride as a little girl?
1: (laughs) Yep, and you always want to Take that white spot away. You took away one of them on one side for me. I still have the other one. You're lucky you only got one But yeah, I mean, I had it as a kid.
2: Yep, 16% of children have severe fluorosis where the teeth are crumbling and they need veneers and crowns and they need major expensive dental reconstruction. So fluorosis weakens the teeth, making them more prone to decay. The very thing they were given this toxic allied chemical to prevent so everybody should understand fluoride is not a nutrient you have way too much it's done nothing for reducing decay and have your dentist go to fluoridealert.org fluoridealert.org and it's a guy paul connett who's a brilliant scientist and he phd he's written books on fluoride fluoridation and fluoride There is enough studies. I'm going to give you one last statistic about fluoride. There's over 60 studies around the world that show that drinking fluoridated water lowers IQ in children.
1: Wow! Wow!
2: Cognitive decline and drinking fluoridated water.
1: What kind of toothpaste should we be using?
2: Yeah. No. So hydroxyapatite has been introduced recently. So remember, I said a healthy microbiome takes minerals from saliva and ionic calcium ionic phosphorus and for your teeth to remineralize so the bacteria a healthy microbiome helps your teeth get stronger by the way i've worked 20 years on this and we just we've done four clinical research studies the last study that we just got the data back from a company called cosmos id that does genetic analysis of the microbiome DNA analysis of the microbiome, guess what? Brushing with revitin for two weeks changes the microbiome to be super healthy with a reduced film thickness. We reduce what's called alpha diversity, which is this big, thick, sticky plaque on your teeth. And we enrich the taxa. And so in other words, the species of bacteria are healthier and they are enriched. And that's what revitin does what happens when you have an enriched taxa with a low alpha diversity more aerobic bacteria healthier bacteria basically you now have a healthier microbiome that helps your teeth stay mineralized helps your gums stay healthy that's why you know gums stop bleeding in like two days of using revitin rubbing it on your gums you can use this as a mask you can swallow it
1: you used to tell me it's so healthy you could put it on a cracker and eat it. Like, <laughs> but you don't have to worry that. about swallowing it.
2: I was at—I had a dentist at a party at my house, and I said, yeah, Revitin, "You know, Revitin—you know—you could put it on a cracker." And I gave him the tube, and he's putting it on a Ritz. You know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just had a a woman write to me through Instagram and ask me what toothpaste I use for my son, and I said Revitin. I mean, it's a little tiny bit spicy for him.
2: Yeah, that's the uh, some of the oils. We actually have a whole flavor profile that's coming. Amazing. The essential oils in Revitan were specifically chosen—tangerine and, and lemon—because they don't really disturb the microbiome as much as peppermint and wintergreen and even spearmint. Mm. All of the mints have some antimicrobial properties, but everybody's conditioned to like mint,
1: and they think that it's healthier. Antimicrobial sounds healthier, yeah, they think right? It's it's like Back to the germ theory.
2: Kill, kill. Right. It's kill, kill, kill. And so, the adjustment for patients using ribitin usually comes in about three days. Three days of using it with nothing else. Yeah. You know, and everybody's like, "Well, what mouthwash should I use?" You no, know, you don't need a mouthwash. You can use Himalayan salt with a few, you know, drops of lemon oil, and you would probably be better off, or tangerine. But you want to pick essential oils that are not antimicrobial in nature. I have peppermint oil in a spray for my tomato plants to keep bugs off my tomato plants in my garden in the summer. Wow. It's a great bug killer.
1: But you don't want to kill those bugs in your mouth. It's a pesticide, yeah. You
2: don't want to kill the bugs in your mouth. The bugs in your mouth, you need to live. They keep you alive. You want to make them happy. My mantra has always been, make peace with your microbes. Yes. Yeah.
0: So good. Okay, well, we could talk to you forever.
2: <laughs> you know what? I would I would do another one of these with you anytime, you know, and Yeah. I I you know, you guys are doing fantastic and I love, you know, the the following that you've built and I think there's a lot of information and people really benefit from it.
0: Yeah. And I think this is one of those frontiers where I think people haven't made the, the kind of changes that are necessary absolutely on the, on the medical side, but on the consumer side, too. Like there are easy changes you can make. I know. I
1: do have one last question for you. I wanted to ask you about xylitol. Does it actually help? Is it anti-cavity? Is it safe? You know, like what about the xylitol lollipops for kids? I'm
2: so glad you asked that. I'm so glad you asked that because that is another you know, just like the misinformation about fluoride, xylitol is right up there. I became suspicious of xylitol because I started studying the original manufacturer xylitol with Daniska, company in Europe. They're owned by DuPont. It's probably one of the most brilliant inventions because they took a bio-waste, which was GMO corn cobs that they threw away after they took the... Kernels off in the seed. The corn cobs had xylan. They found a way through an industrialized process of hydrogenation using a heavy metal, rainy nickel, to create this white chemical called xylitol, sugar alcohol. Another sugar alcohol, erythritol, has just kind of come under fire because erythritol was linked to esophageal cancer and they didn't know why because it's absorbed into the body but it's not metabolized. So with erythritol, it raises blood plasma levels, which has been shown to lead to thrombocytic clots, leading to heart attacks and strokes. Mm. So an increased wow. incidence of heart attack and stroke with erythritol. Erythritol is really sneaky because they add it with like monk fruit. And stevia. And da 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 sweeten things and this and that. But let's talk about xylitol because they found a way they did these studies in, I believe, Finland, that xylitol disturbs and keeps the microbiome, specifically strep mutants, bacteria, which were associated with tooth decay, off of teeth. And they said, Oh, it fights cavities and da-da-da-da. So xylitol is a chemical that is not absorbed or metabolized by the human body. And they love to say it occurs naturally in cranberries and all this. The reality, and you know, yeah, they don't make it from GMO corn cobs. They make it from pretty birch bark. And still, you can take pretty birch bark and put it into, crush it up, put it into a hydrogenation, industrialized process of hydrogenation to create this white powder. This white powder is not absorbed, not recognized, not metabolized by the human body. It goes right through you what does it do when it goes through you it disturbs the oral microbiome which is why they said oh it keeps it from sticking to teeth now the microbiome remember a healthy microbiome on your teeth enhances remineralization it enhances oxygenation this is a living breathing organ system in your mouth you don't want to denature it disturb it or kill it get out of the pesticide business so xylitol has antibacterial and anti-discipline. By the way, xylitol can kill your dog. So really you know, it's fatal to dogs because what happens is, you know, we can tolerate it. We just get bad diarrhoea and, you know, gas, intestinal gas. It's like they gave out free xylitol chewing gum to all the dentists. And they said, oh, it's great for your patients. And they sent a box of it to my office in East Hampton. And I'll never forget, it was a summer day, and everyone's chewing the gum. And, and they're all running to the bathroom because, you know, they had gas. And I said it was like the scene in Blazing Saddles, you know, where they're around the campfire after eating all the beans. <laughs> so, wow. And that, that was one of the funniest Mel Brooks movies. But xylitol <laughs> is a hoax. In my opinion, and I'm one of the dentists sounding the alarm about it. Xylitol is not a good thing for the mouth. It's not a good thing for the gut because of its disturbing effect on the oral microbiome and the gut microbiome.
0: Wow. Okay. Answers in.
1: (laughs) So, Dr. Jerry, we would love for you to give our Sakara Light listeners a light work so that they can start putting into action what we talked about today.
2: Absolutely. You know, I get to see, you know, in dentistry, a lot of people come to me, not just for pretty cosmetic work and all that, but some serious issues in their mouth that are affecting their overall health. And there's a lot of people that are using Sakara right now because they want to be healthy. And they've had health scares. They've seen health scares in their family. And that can affect their ability to self-regulate and heal. So what I want to share is something really powerful that they need to understand is that they have this divine capacity to self-regulate and heal it's a god-given thing but they need to understand the five levels Because they often come to me, they want me to fix the biologic problems and help them with their biochemical problems, right? Like interference in hormone flow. The third thing is bioenergetic, you know, understanding meridian flow in the body. But the fourth and fifth level are the two areas of light work that people need to understand to be healthy and whole. And the fourth level is psychoemotional. And I call it, when people are sick a long time, they get into something called stinking thinking. I call it stinking thinking. They don't believe they can be well, and they don't understand the power of intention, that if you don't believe you're going to get better, I don't even want to treat you, because that is a major block for their ability to self-regulate and heal. They need to believe that they will be better. They need to know that, you know, Bruce Lipton wrote the book, The Biology of Belief, what you believe can change your DNA. And then the fifth level in biologic medicine that we recognize is the spiritual level. And that is staying connected. You know, in biologic medicine, we have this electromagnetic field. We call it the field that extends a foot and a half from the body. I just had a picture of my aura taken. And it was really, and actually they took a picture Without me setting the intention of expanding my field. And then after visualizing my field expanding from my body, and he actually documented it. So this is real. And a lot of doctors, they never actually tune in on this, but this field is your spirit. And the connection to source is like the balloon being connected to the helium tank, it's what helps fill. Your field. So the visualization that I do in the morning is seeing myself and my field expanding and feeling that connection, that golden light, that purple gold light, that lavender gold light that connects us from that energy center on the top of our head, which is often called the crown chakra, to source. And whatever you call source, I call source God. I've mentioned God a few times in this podcast, but that light that comes down, that fills my field is foundational, foundational for my ability to self-regulate and heal. And that's an exercise that can be done in the morning and at night. Spiritual, psycho-emotional, energetic, biochemical, and biologic are the five levels that we exist on this planet. That's
1: beautiful. So what do you do to practice that?
2: I close my eyes. I take, I take three deep breaths before my feet at the floor in the morning. And I take three very, very deep breaths. And I imagine this, this beautiful, beautiful energetic cloud expanding from my body. And then I feel this light coming from source into the crown chakra of my head, the third eye which is the pineal gland area. That's an indigo light traveling down to the throat chakra, which is a light blue. And then to the heart, which is green, this beautiful emerald green light. And then down to your solar plexus, which is this powerful yellow right out from your solar plexus. And then down to just below your belly button, the sacral, which is an orange light, And then right at your tailbone, which is your root chakra connecting you to the planet. And if you can visualize that light coming from the top of your head right through your tailbone to the earth, you're allowing your field to expand, which is essential for you to be healthy. Three deep breaths. Clearing out any negative thoughts, unhealthy beliefs, destructive cellular memories. Picture every cell on your body harmonizing, becoming healthy.
0: Mind, mouth, body. You're
2: going to open your eyes.
0: Love it. Mind, mouth, body. So
1: good. I love that.
2: And we are connected.
1: Mind, mouth, and body. So good.
2: Mind, mouth, body.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Jerry. It is great to be with you, you guys. You are so special. We're so yeah. grateful to have you as a dentist and as a friend. You're uh-huh. making waves in the world of dentistry. And, Thank you uh, so much. And this was a pleasure speaking to you.
2: Same here. Love you both.
1: Today, we're getting back to the basics of Sakara, And so we wanted to share a bit about our Sakara Signature Nutrition Program for all of those listeners that are new to us. We created this program after healing ourselves to help others feel the same transformation that we experienced through the power of food as medicine. This program is based on the science behind a whole-food, plant-rich diet, and has been crafted around our proprietary 9 Pillars of Nutrition, which focuses on things like nutrient diversity and eating the rainbow eating your water, and getting enough sulfur-rich veggies into your diet, as well as cultivating body intelligence in order to have true mind, body, and soul transformation. The Sakara Signature Nutrition Program makes clean eating easy. It's entirely free from meat, gluten, dairy, refined sugar, pesticides, harmful chemicals, and GMOs. The menu is chef-crafted and changes weekly to highlight seasonal ingredients and recipes so you never have to sacrifice taste for eating healthy. If you're interested in learning more about our Saqqara Signature Nutrition Program, head to sakara.com to see how you can customize the program to fit your needs and lifestyle. That's S-A-K-A-R-A. Com. And for a limited time, we wanted to give you all a gift of transformation. So use the code podcast20 at checkout for 20% off your first order of Saqqara Life. I think so many of us are so busy these days trying to take care of the entire world around us, whether you're a busy professional or a mom. I encourage you to give this gift of nutrition to yourself. You deserve to feel amazing in your body. And when you nourish yourself, then you're able to better take care of the world around you and share your special gifts with the world.